Well, good morning, Open Door. It is Caleb Lynch back with you. I hope you enjoyed that worship, and I am looking forward to what we have this morning um, from me and my wife and a bunch of others here at this church. Uh, welcome, and I hope you know how much we love you, how much we think about you, how much we miss you. Are you kidding me right now? We miss you so much, and uh, just know that uh, there's not a day that goes by that we are not intentionally um, thinking of you and dreaming for this place and dreaming for your lives and uh, praying over your lives and praying over this church as a whole. And so, man, these times have been tough. I hope you're hanging in there. We're, we sometimes feel like we're hanging on by a thread as a family in my home. I know that. Um, I know for parents, this last week was an absolute zoo. My house was a zoo. Um, I was teacher dad for a little while. My wife's a teacher, so she was off teaching, and I was taking care of my kiddos, getting them, getting them dialed in on their schoolwork. So we are with you, and I hope you know, man, do we love you, and man, do we miss you. So glad you guys are here this morning, and I hope this morning blesses you. We've got a bunch planned for us this day, um, and so like, like I said earlier, we'll keep this a little bit shorter, but um, I'm with you. All right, let's jump into it. So um, you guys doing okay from last week? You all right? Like, like I feel like maybe I offended maybe like 80% of us with last week's <laughs> message. You doing okay though? Um, I hope, I hope, I hope my prayer um, was, was not to create confusion. My prayer was to paint a picture of something that I'm currently feeling and assuming that uh, many of you are feeling about this, this time and this reality of feeling a bit stuck feeling a bit stuck. So uh, I, hope, I hope it painted that picture. Uh, I had a whole nother message planned for today than what you're about to receive. I had a message that was somewhere titled Stuck in the Past, uh, moving past your, your, regret, your regrets or your, or your past mistakes, moving past who you once were into something new. And I, I, man, I'm excited for that message. We might give it next week or the following week. But um, somewhere around a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, we're sitting in a, I believe it was one of our pastor's meetings or maybe a staff meeting, and we were, we were discussing um, what our plan was to reopen the church during this COVID time. How, how do we do it? How, how do we, what, what's the right thing to do? What do we feel the Lord calling us into? Um, what's, what's this person's thought? What's that person's thought? And before we could get into much of a conversation, Marsha Kuyper just kind of belts out. And if you don't know Marsha Kuyper, she and Tom are our marriage and family pastors here. Marsha has led our women's ministry for many years. Beautiful, beautiful couple, beautiful family. Marsha Kuyper is like the nicest person in the world. Um, but she just, without missing a beat, she just opened up her mouth and said, we need to pray. We need to pray. And before any of us could really respond, besides a bunch of us kind of nodding our heads in agreement of like, of course, we, we should pray, she said, no, 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 we, we need to get away for an entire day if it means we got to go up north or go to a cabin or something, but we need to get the leadership of this church and we need to go away and we need to call on the Lord and uh, pray to him and ask him what he has for us in this season. And so that's exactly what we are doing this very moment. So as you're watching this video, um, you, you need to know that the leadership of this church, elders and deacons and staff uh, and spouses, 
We are, we are currently right now up at Mountain Meadows Ranch and we are gathering together uh, praying. And we're gonna spend the entire day praying and asking the Lord what he has for us in this season. And so um, that's kind of the theme of today's message is um, this, this idea of prayer. So I've kind of titled it Stuck? Question mark. Let's pray. And um, if I'm being honest with you, I, uh, I sometimes get a little intimidated with prayer. Maybe intimidated is not the right word. Um, I sometimes don't like praying. I sometimes am not as interested in prayer as I would hope I would be. I know these are comforting words coming from your pastor. Um, but I've got to be honest with you. It's, it's a struggle for me. I see it all over scripture. I see it in some ways like commanded of us, like we ought to be praying. I see some of the greatest leaders in all of humanity through, through scripture um, not moving forward until they've prayed, calling on the people to say, let's do, before we do anything else, let's pray. I, I see massive movements of the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, like no big deal, but the, the coming of the Holy Spirit indwelling, the Spirit of God indwelling humanity. The verse says, and they stopped, and when they finished praying, the Holy Spirit indwelt them. Like, so no, no small thing there. So I see these times where I'm like, man, prayer's, prayer's the deal. And yet, if I can be totally honest with you, um, it's a struggle for me sometimes. I don't know, I started, a lot of my life was, was in athletics, and athletics has this real, um, this real consistent thought that you kind of get what you, what you put in, right? Like you kind of get out of it. If you put in a ton of hard work, you're, you're going to find some success. If you, if you don't work hard, well, come of it. I don't know if there's part of that. Uh, I, I have been told that I am a, like a number one on the Enneagram. Uh, test. I don't, I don't know much about the Enneagram, but that's like perfectionist. Um, that's like a rule follower. They tell me I'm like a one, but that I have like a nine wing and a six in my shadows and a two seven when I'm tired and a four when I'm hungry. And in my weakness, I can become a three with a little bit of a one. I don't really know how it all works, but um, I know when I go on my Myers-Briggs, and for those of you that are like super hipster, you, you, you call it like the MBTI or something like that. But uh, what I do know is that it's similar on there, and if I can remember back to my strength finders, it's similar there, and don't even get me started on my love languages. But what I'm told is that my person, my, my, my behavior, kind of the, my personality, um, really likes things to be consistent, in order, the right way, kind of systematic. I share that with you. I'm silly with all these things because I don't know how they all work, but... I share that with you to say, I know what I'm about to invite you into is not easy for everyone. And I know for me, it's even been a struggle. Um, I'm probably, I'm, I'm giving you this message earlier in the week and now I'm up at MMR in a moment of prayer. I'll just be honest with you, I'm probably struggling right now a little bit in this moment up at MMR as we're, as we're doing this. Um, MMR stands for Mountain Meadows Ranch. I, I should have maybe shared that with you sooner. But here, here's, here's the deal. 
I think why I struggle with it is because it's so random. It feels at times inconsistent. It feels like there's times where I pray and my prayers get answered and I, and I get the very thing I was asking for. And then there's times where I pray and it seems like, like, like nothing happens. And um, that's hard for, for a number one with a nine wing and a six shadow and a two seven weakness, I think. But I think, I think the art of prayer, maybe it's not even an art, I think the goal of prayer, I think the design of prayer is not some necessarily some transactional system where it's supposed to be what you put in, you get out. I don't know. I, th I, th I see times where it has that element to it of, of these these devout men of the faith and women of the faith calling on the name of the Lord and asking for something and then something is given. I see verses that say when you, when you ask it shall be given. Um, so maybe there is a piece to it that has some of that. But I think that if that is my only perspective, which oftentimes I have to admit it is, I think I am missing some absolute beauty that comes with pursuing prayer. So I want to read you some verses, because that's what I like to do. I like to open up God's Word and read a few verses. And I want to give you about five or six concepts of what I see as I open up God's Word as it relates to this topic of prayer, because I'm going to invite us into some time of prayer today. So I want us, I want us to have a little bit more meat to chew on. First verse uh, is Philippians 4. 6 and 7. We just heard a sermon on this a couple of weeks ago from a guy named Johnny Lynch, my dad. Um, but the verses, you've heard it plenty of times, but it says this. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5 says something similar. It says, cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I think I need to realize, I think I need to be reminded that actually calling on the name of the Lord, actually casting my anxiety on him in the form of prayer, one of those things that verse says really well is, let your anxieties turn into prayers is essentially the language there. And I think I need to remember that that very action of taking my burdens, taking my anxieties and casting them on the Lord actually says it brings about peace. Whether, whether, whether my prayers get answered or not, there is peace founding, found in the reality that I am I'm taking the things that are worrying me, my fears, my anxiety, and I'm saying, God, I, I believe you're big enough to handle them and I can rest. That's one thought. Prayer is a gift of peace. Another verse, 1 Peter 3.12, says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. You know who the righteous are? 
We've taught this before here. The righteous are those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. In that very moment, not only do you have the robe of righteousness wrapped around you so that when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ, but you also have embedded in you Christ's righteousness. And that is that right standing with God. That is that nature of new creation life within you. And he says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ear is open to hear their prayers. Listen to this concept for a second. When you start to pray, the God of the universe actually looks at you and listens to you. If if that doesn't throw chills down your spine, the reality that the God of the universe actually listens to you, whew. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So so I'll say it this way. Um, Prayer is this beautiful reality of relationship with a God who actually cares and wants to hear the cries of your heart. Pretty astounding. That's a gift. Just in that reality alone, that is a gift. I'm going to give you another verse. This is Romans 12, 12. It says this, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Other places you hear words like pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. This picture for me is different than the way I sometimes approach prayer. This is painting a picture of prayer as, as, a, as a bit more of a lifestyle. Right? Like, like being grounded in hope. Letting letting rejoice and joy flow out of you in the hope of the reality that the risen king is on the throne and is in control. Peace in tribulations, even when the world around you is spinning out of control and calamities coming this way and that way, there's peace in that. And then there's also another piece of this where it's consistent prayer. Prayer that doesn't stop. It's, it's this continual conversation with God. And how often do I find myself entering into a position of prayer that is much more built around a setting, a time of day, or, or, or some kind of deficit that I need changed? I pray at dinner time, I pray before bed, and I pray when I need things. And I think prayer is being painted as a picture of doing life in relationship with the God of the universe this ongoing conversation. I desire to see prayer that way. What a gift. What a gift. Another verse, Romans 8, 26, says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. I don't know about you, that that verse is comforting to me. Sometimes I go into this position of, of, uh, uh, of wanting to talk to God and I feel like I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to, to talk to him about. And it says that you don't have to. Like that literally the Spirit of God within you, that intercessory part of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that indwells you, actually does a little bit of praying on your behalf. And sometimes it might sound a little bit like groans. I wonder if right now up at Mountain Meadows Ranch, 
uh, the, the, the leadership of Open Door, if it's sounding like groans a little bit, I don't know. But I know some of the most beautiful prayers I have ever uttered out of my mouth have just simply been a scream or a cry for desperation, of need, of longing in my heart. No words attached, just, ah! That's a beautiful reality for me, that when I enter into these spaces of prayer, I can trust the Spirit of God to intercede on my behalf. That is unbelievable. That is a gift. That is a gift. I'll give you another verse. This is Acts. Uh, this is right at the beginning of the church. Acts 1, 12 through 14. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. That's how we measure our walking now, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas, the son of James, all with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. I don't know how it works. I, I don't, I don't, don't know the, the system or, or, or the formula. I, I hope there isn't even one. But what I do know is that there is power in the unity of saints coming together in a unified voice to pray to the Lord, their Savior. I, I love this picture, and I love the word. The word, what does it say? With one accord. With one accord. I guarantee they weren't all saying the same things, but all of it was within one accord. They were all calling on the name of the Lord together. What a beautiful picture. What a, what a beautiful picture. Remember the setting. They had just been locked in a room because they were terrified because Jesus had just died and he had not yet risen from the grave. And they're locked in a room and then he raises from the grave. And a couple of gals come and tell him they saw him and they're like, yeah, no, probably not. And then all of a sudden he shows up in a room with them. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm actually alive. Like the grave wasn't strong enough to hold me down and I'm actually alive. And then he asks for some food. Then he breathes on them. Then he opens up their brain and, and reveals all truth to them. Some crazy stuff happens. Um, don't worry about it. Just read it and, and it's, it's good. But then he goes and he takes them out onto the side of the town. He ascends into heaven. He goes up to be with the Father. The work has been finished. It has been completed and he ascends. And now the next day they go to Jerusalem a Sabbath day's walk away, and they lock themselves in another room. These, these guys are terrified right now. And what do they do? They don't know what to do. He says he's coming back, but we don't know. Is that tomorrow? Is that in years? They don't know what to do. And so they just, he says, don't do anything until I send the helper. And they're like, what is that? He's referring to the Holy Spirit. And what do they do? They just stop, and they go in this room together, and they just start praying in one voice, one accord. It's beauty. There's power in that. What a gift. I'm going to give you one more verse. I like this verse. I'm going to tell you right now. I like this verse. I wish more of the prayer verses were like this. It says, James 1, 5. This is what it says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Woo, doggie. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
Listen to how he describes wisdom. This is James. So this is at the start of James's book and his letter, and then this is at the very end, 517. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. We're, uh, we're choosing right now, as we speak, to call on the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, the creator of all things, the one who holds all things together. We're calling on him right now to ask him for wisdom. That's what we're doing. And we believe his word is true, that um, when we ask that, that he'll give it to us. We're trusting that. We're going we're gonna to lean into that. As crazy as that sounds, we're asking him. That's what we're doing right this moment. We're asking him for wisdom. And, and, and as I read uh, James's view of wisdom, James's per, per, uh, concept of wisdom, man, I, I do hope that's the wisdom we receive. This wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, then open to reason, then full of mercy, with good fruits, impartial and sincere. Man, I hope that's the kind of wisdom we receive. So what, what's the thought with that one? Well, the, the, the reality is there is power in asking. Here we have a God who is sovereign, who's in charge, who knows the beginning from the end. He knows my tomorrow. He knows my now. And yet, several times in Scripture, I could give you a ton more verses, several times in Scripture he says to ask him. I don't know how it works. I don't know how the whole thing goes down, but there is power in asking. Isn't that awesome to know? that our God not only listens and tunes his ears and looks at us and cares about us and is continually desiring a relationship of prayer with us, but that he actually says, hey, ask me. Ask me. What are your needs? Ask me. You're lacking wisdom? Ask me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So, just a couple thoughts on prayer. Um, but I want to make a distinction here. Before we go any further, and we're almost done here, um, I want to make a distinction, and here's the distinction. Prayer, prayer is about a person, not a process, not a program, not a pattern. It is about a person. Um, one of my favorite human beings, I, I, he doesn't know me, I barely know him, but he's an author, he, he's a guy, his name's Pete Craig, and he started the 24-7 prayer movement. And in this book recently that he wrote, it was called Dirty Glory, I think he wrote it a couple of years ago, go buy it, it's phenomenal, your perspective of prayer will be like, uh, mine was. But uh, one of the things he says, one of his opening thoughts in this book, he says, it's not so much the power of prayer that we believe in, it's the power of Jesus we believe in. We are calling on the one that holds all things together. I think that's a beautiful concept. It's, it, there's no secret sauce in prayer. It's the other guy on the other end of the line that holds the secret sauce. And so whatever prayer looks like in your life, the beauty is you're saying, I'm, I'm going in after that guy. He's the one with the power. There's, there's no significant formula simply in prayer. So today, this is less of a message. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to preach at you. Um, this is an invitation. We're going to invite you into a different way today to slow down, to engage with the very person and nature of God. It might lead you to a place of conversation with him. It might uh, lead you into discovery, discovery maybe of truth through his word. 
It might just flat out lead you into a place of worship. All would be great. All would be acceptable. All would be beautiful. Regardless of your experience, our desire is that you might be filled with great hope and peace, knowing that the God of all things is tuning his ear closely to you, and that as a community, we are doing this together. We are unified in him, under him, and because of him. So, what I want you to do is I want you to look on your screen right now, and you're, what you're going to see, I'm going to walk you through um, how to get to uh, what we have uh, prepared for you. So we've got prepared right now, we've got this um, kind of day of prayer guide, kind of a guided meditation, if you will. Um, there's a lot in there. Give yourself a ton of space and freedom to do as much or as little as you want or use none of it. Um, that is up to you. This is just a way for, for, if you're someone like me, it's a gift to have something like this to kind of guide me through it. So it's on our website. So what you're going to do is to opendoorfellowshipchurch.org. You're going to go there, scroll down a little bit on the left-hand side. You're going to see our uh, 2020 day of prayer. You're going to click on that link right below it. Then it's going to take you to this little page. Click right on the Word document, and you'll see the Word document opens up. And there it is. And you can kind of go through that. You can print it out if you want. You can go take it on a hike. But what, um, what we're asking of all of us, whether for two minutes, for two hours, would be that um, we want to invite you into as an entire church that we would spend some time praying to the Lord. And it's going to look different for everyone, and that's perfect. And um, that's our hope. That's our hope today. We're doing it right now as a leadership group here, but we invite all of you to be a part of it, and, and we do. We're, we're in a season right now where we are feeling a bit stuck, huh? And I, I don't know of a better way to get unstuck than to call in the name of the Lord and say, what, do you, what would you have for us? What would you have for us? We, uh, we do this every Sunday, and I, and I don't, don't want to skip it just because we have another agenda down the road in a little bit, um, but we take communion together. And um, one of the reasons we take communion, I want to read this verse for you. It has to do a little bit with prayer. Is this verse, Hebrews 4.16. And it says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help, find grace to help in a time of need. Let me, let me read that again. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Um, we take communion because of this reality. We believe that the moment that Jesus Christ hung on the cross, that his blood was spilled on our behalf, that he paid the fullness of the penalty that we deserved for our junk, we believe in that moment it says that scripture says that the veil in the temple was torn in half from top to bottom. And that veil was the very thing that separated us from the presence of God. Remember, only the high priest got to go in one time a year, and now that veil was ripped from top to bottom. And we believe, we believe that there is beauty in this reality that at any moment in time we can enter into the full presence of God. It helps that we actually have his spirit within us, huh? And the beauty of prayer is that we can move out into that space with full confidence, knowing that there is no more dividing line that we are, we are in Christ, that he is infused with us, 
that we can hang out in his presence at all time, and that we can enter into a conversation knowing full well there is nothing holding us back. There's a confidence that we can go right up to him. Isn't that a beautiful reality? And we believe that happened on the cross. And so we take this communion in a declaration of that, in a celebration of that, uh, in, in an anticipation of the reality of what that could mean in our lives. Um, but we do it in confidence, and we do it together. And so right where you're at, whoever you're with, grab some juice, grab some bread, and take communion, remembering the power that took place that day on the cross. It is the most incredible gift that has ever taken place in the history of the world. Love you guys. Can't wait to pray with you today. Hope you enjoy our last song of worship. Hope you enjoy communion. Let me pray for us. Unbelievable, Lord, that you actually listen to us when we talk to you. Right now, you're listening to me, Lord. I can't, I can't even believe that you're listening to me. You're the God of the universe. You've created all things. In you, all things hold together. And Lord, you're listening to me in this very moment. And I cannot even believe it. Lord, we need you. We don't want to move in front of you, Lord. We know we can't move in front of you. But we don't want to make decisions without you. And so, Lord, we're, we're asking you for wisdom. We're asking for you to speak to our hearts, to give us peace, to give us unity, to, 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 to direct our steps. Lord, we know that your scripture says that you do that, and so we are calling on you. We are confident of your spirit within us that will move us and guide us. We love you, Lord, and we give you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you guys soon. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.